in the morning. With nothing to do and time on their hands, Ray Peterson and his friends decide to investigate their mysterious new neighbors, the Klopex. Spooked into action, Ray and his wacky neighbors go ghoul-busting, and who would have imagined that they had suddenly trespassed into terror? I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the, the B-Movie, B-Movie Bros. Bros. Here we review B-Movies to the best of our ability. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. So, here we are continuing edition three of Cult Classic Month, because of course it's October here at B-Movie Bros. And we're taking a look at the 1989 Cult Classic, The Burbs, starring none other than Walt Disney and Mr. Rogers himself, Tom Hanks. Of course. So, you heard what the Amazon Prime description had to say about this movie. Let's dive right into the shit with our technical difficulties. Top and bottom three. Let's start with the top. Let's get let's get what's good here going. Hell yeah. Start things off on a positive. Go ahead, Paul. Start us off here. Alright, so number three. I really like the main ca- cast of characters. They all had unique personalities that played off each other really well. Even though Ray was the protagonist, no one character seemed to outshine any other it was a really good balance number two most of the jokes in this movie were actually really funny and a lot of them stemmed off earlier jokes in a way that felt natural and didn't seem forced and number one this movie had a twist ending that actually worked it didn't seem like it was a twist done just for the sake of having a twist and, be, and being able to say oh we fooled you it felt natural and appropriate for the film so for me, number three, uh, the story of the film itself is actually fun and complete. There's no wondering, there's no holes in the plot whatsoever. Like, it's actually very well written and well put together at the very end. Yeah, everything works really well. Everything kind of leads back into something earlier that happened. And all the characters felt like they were in character the entire time. Like, I can't think of anything anyone did where it's like, well, that doesn't seem like something that character would have done. Um, number two, you know, this movie is all about Tom Hanks playing Ray, enjoying a normal week off work. You know, just like any time I take a day off, a day off work, you know, the neighborhood just kind of like goes to shit. People are murdering each other and houses explode, you know, just a normal day off. And I, I, I love it. Like, I just, I feel like it's just like when I take a day off work, like anything that can go wrong does go wrong for this guy. And, you know, if you haven't lived through that, then, then you just don't know what you're missing. I love his attitude throughout it. He's, he wakes up, he looks out his window, and he's just watching, like, his neighbors argue over something dumb and just, like, just a normal day for him. And he's talking to his wife about how he just wants to spend his vacation time at home, chilling out, having a couple beers. like A couple hundred beers. Yeah, a couple hundred beers. You know, that, that is a real character you can relate to. Number one for me is the dream sequence. You know, complete with chainsaw, satanic chanting, and even a human barbecue. I mean, it is just one scene that, you know, even though it's out of place for the rest of the movie in in one way or another, it fits just because it's a dream sequence. And it actually fits in with the tone of the movie. It's weird. Like, it doesn't, but it does. It's it's so surreal. It's ridiculous. It's just as ridiculous as everything else going on in the film. And it 
it's very it's ridiculous yet casual at the same time and it's got a charm to it even though you know it's a satanic ritual it like really reflects the rest of the film that doesn't take place in a dream sequence whereas like most of the movie is like realistic craziness that's going on that part of the movie is unrealistic craziness in the same style exactly that's that's a really good way of putting it so on to the bottom three you know for a movie like this, you know, what was bad about it? This is really hard to find anything bad about it, I'm not going to lie. Because overall, it was a really enjoyable movie. It was simple but fun. Um, for number three, I put some of the jokes involving the Klopek family were, you know, a little forced. You've got this really awkward, quiet um, guy, this really abrasive um I don't know if it's his dad or his uncle or whatever. And then the doctor, who's this, this creepy doctor who st- who talks in a British accent inexplicably and, you know, does experiments. I mean, no wonder Doctor Who forgot about that, you know, part of his life. <laughs> the, or the doctor who refuses to talk about. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, I thought most of the jokes around them were funny and they felt appropriate. But it, at the same time, like, it was very, it was very obvious and predictable. And also, also the fact that like their characters, the Klopeks, were nothing but those idiosyncrasies. Whereas the other characters, they had those, but they were real people outside of that. They were just those characteristics, and it was very out of place for the rest of the film. I thought. Number two. Speaking of the Klopeks, I wish we had gotten to learn a bit more about them, other than the doctor who was a mad scientist for the sake of being a mad scientist i guess the others were just there to be weird and like kind of like what i said number three i wish we kind of knew anything about them like other than every character in this in this film has a quirk they've got something that makes them unique and kind of like wacky but that's all these characters had and i i get it the film didn't directly revolve around them and it was just they're supposed to be those weird neighbors that everybody has that there are rumors about you know them maybe being serial killers or something like that but i just kind of thought that there i i guess would have liked to see a little bit more about them i mean the the only thing you really got to learn was the one the one police officer is like oh he's a something or other ologist which didn't he say it was whatever ologist like looks at bones and shit which would like kind of explain everything about them yeah and then then it turns out that it it wasn't quite that simple but um yeah um number one the very end of the film like the last like five seconds of the film Corey feldman's character looks directly into the camera and says god i love this town or was it town or neighborhood i forget or street or or street yeah it was Something like that. And I, I hated that. Like, he's breaking... The, it It really came off as him breaking the fourth wall. And no one had done that throughout the, re- the rest of the film. It feels so out of place. In fact, that kind of defeats the purpose of the film because it was just supposed to be showing a wacky event in a normal town that, like, really showcased the characters and who they are. And it should have ended like a few moments ago where Ray and Carol, after everything that went on, are just walking away away saying, let's just go to the cabin. Let's just get away from here for a while. You know, this has just been 
we, we got to get away from this town and that would have been the perfect ending. I thought they kind of, I get what they were trying to do with it, but I thought they, that last few, those last few seconds is kind of, uh, didn't, didn't really add anything. Didn't really do much for it. So for me, the bottom three, number three, um, although Paul thinks that the, uh, the characters have a good dynamic, I just think that Art is the annoying, unlikable neighbor that no one wants to have around but always seems to find his way into your day. And, uh, you know, he just kind of ruins everything for everyone. And I just kind of, like, just don't don't want that neighbor in my life. Just be like, Art, go away. He didn't seem completely unlikable. He seemed like he kind of went overboard with, like, literally everything. But he was overall good-natured. Like, he um, wanted to help people out. He's like, all right, there's, there's this thing going on. Everyone's like all right, Art, what's going on and everything. I mean, it seemed like they were kind of going along with it because they, in some ways, kind of liked him. Like, I, I never really got the impression that they didn't like him, but he just seemed like that guy where it's like, dude, chill the fuck out already. Like, you're, you're making the rest of us look bad. And, and it could be, you know, like, you know, his reaction when his wife comes home at the end of the movie. You know, it could just be, you know, he's got to get all this stuff out while his wife is away. So, you know, he's just this overbearing buffoon for the movie. It's kind of like the suburb, the suburban life um, is kind of is very mundane. So there, once something out of the ordinary happens, they just jump on it and like go a little nuts. And there's there's kind of a charm to it, I thought. Um, number two, at one point in the movie, Ray and uh, Art discover a femur bone, and they just start to scream, and the camera, like, zooms in and out really quick while they scream for, like, 10 or 15 seconds, and it's actually, like, rather annoying and out of character for both of them. It's it's super forced and just doesn't fit in with the movie. As, as zany and out of place as some things are in this movie, that just takes the cake for, like, not really fitting in with the tone. Yeah, that was one of the few jokes in this that felt very, like, very scripted, very unnatural. It was like, this would be funny, let's add this, rather than, like, it going off of another joke or anything like that. Well, again, for this movie being, like, like crazy but realistic at the same time, like, that was just one thing. It seemed so cartoonish that I just, I didn't agree with it being here. Exactly. It, it's not like with the dream sequence where that was weird, but it was, it had a mundane quality to it. And, and dreams are inherently kind of odd, but his dream is like goofy and is like odd in a way that has all the people he knows in it and goes back to like just mundane things like snooping around um, his neighbor's stuff, you know, because living in the in the in the area it it all went back to that whereas that was just kind of a kind of a out of place joke um and then number one i can't say any more about it than paul did but the uh the thing where Corey feldman broke the fourth wall at the end of the movie it, it just it didn't feel right it wasn't funny it was just stupid and should have been cut from the film yeah, I liked his character overall. He was the um, observer of everything. Like, at one point, they have... He was the teenage yeah. party kid. His parents were out of town, and he's like, hey, guys, come over and watch this shit unfold in my neighborhood. We just ordered pizza. It was He was a great character, but, like, for the film to end on him, it just seemed very... And in the way that it ended on him, I, I, I don't think it worked. I, I thought it should have ended with, um, with Ray and his wife and... Um, in like basically 10 seconds earlier. So, you know, as much as we like this film, we didn't really mention too much about the, uh, the dialogue. So let's have ourselves a good old fashioned quote. 
quote war. We'll quote this movie back and forth. You two tell us who had the better quotes. Um, we'll get started. We'll, I'll let Paul start this time. All right, then. That kid next door is a meatball. All we have to do is burn a cross in the front lawn. Hey, honey, I think we should move. Why don't you take your balls out of your wife's purse? One of the Huns came out of the house. I'm going to catch him and staple his ass shut. I've been blown up. Take me, take me to the hospital. Shut up and paint your goddamn house. And that ends this episode of just some quote wars. If you have a favorite quote from this movie or anything else you'd like to say, please leave it in the comments below. There was a lot of good dialogue in this film. That was, uh, oh, it was another a, thing. There was a hell of a good lot of dialogue. Oh, it was yeah. just, again, it was so hard to pick both a top three and a bottom three for this movie. Exactly. Plus, like, this is one of those films where the dialogue is just so casual but funny that you you know it's there and you appreciate it, but you kind of get used to it after a while that you kind of like, um, it's not that you don't appreciate it, it just kind of blends in with the rest of the film. It's not like a Quentin Tarantino film where like the entire thing is basically the dialogue. This one, the dialogue was such just, was just one aspect of everything else and it worked just so perfectly in that aspect. So I think it's time to give our final take on this film. Remember, friends, our final take is a score on our shot scale. Our shot scale is a reverse scale, 1 to 10, 1 being the best, 10 being the worst. How many shots do you need to get through this film? I gave it a 1. Yeah, I also gave it a 1. It was the only score that felt appropriate to give this film. So have you ever wondered what would happen if you got new neighbors and decided to stay home for work for a week and spy on them? Wonder no more because the burbs will show you hilarious characters, fun-filled conversations, and of course, explosions. The suburbs were never quite as exciting as they are in the burbs. If you've never seen it, take a watch. You won't regret it. On the surface, the burbs appears to be just another run-of-the-mill comedy taking place in an American suburb. However, this movie is far from derivative. The movie captures the everyday peculiarities that make up modern suburban living. The diverse personalities of the characters play off each other perfectly, framing their interactions in absurd and absurd, while at the same time somewhat reasonable, somewhat believable um, ways. Well, most of the time, um, some the explosions were a little less believable. Nowadays, most comedies that take place in similar settings seem to do little more than poke fun at the people that live in those areas in a kind of mean-spirited way intended to openly mock mock people in those areas for not being as cultured and sophisticated as the city dwellers and Hollywood elites who make the films. The Burbs, at least as far as I can tell, lacks any notions of superiority or pretentiousness and derives its comedy through a well-intended satire of middle-class America. It's funny and endearing. It celebrates the, the diversity of personalities with a sense of, without a sense of malice or overt elitism. The Burbs celebrates the typical American life in one of the most entertaining ways possible. So there you have it, a 1 out of 10 from both of us. Well, Hell yeah. you know, I think it's time we tell friends if they would like to how to drink away this flick. Drink away this flick. Come on and grab your drink. Let's drink away the flick. Bum, 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 bum. So we'll give some drinking games for this film. But remember, friends, drink responsibly. Number one, every time a Klopex face is shown on screen, take a drink. Number two, every time Corey Feldman talks to an adult, take a drink. Number three, whenever art interrupts Ray's life, take a drink. 
Number four, anytime someone talks about trash, take a drink. And number five, of course, because it's Cult Classic Month, anytime you can make a connection between two Cult Classics we've reviewed, take a drink. Every time something happens that causes Ray and the others to suspect the Klopex of being murderers, take a drink. Every time Ray and Carol argue about going to the cabin, take a drink. Every time you see a dog, take a drink. And every time someone is looking out a window, take a drink. And those are your ways to drink away the slick. If you have any thoughts about this movie or anything else B-Movie related, you can leave us a comment in either iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also email us at bmoviebros at gmail.com, like us on Facebook at facebook.com dash bmoviebros, follow us on Twitter at bmoviebros, or my personal Twitter at bmoviepaul. You can check out all our other content, including reviews, interviews, and chats on our website bmoviebros.com, where we have new shows each week. If you want to, want to support the show, consider donating to our PayPal or Patreon accounts. Links are provided below. So, it's the end of week two here, Cult Classic Month, this October. Let's rank the two movies we've watched this year so far. In the number two spot for me, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. That movie sucked. And in the number one spot, The Burbs. That movie rocked. Yeah, you know, this was really a hard one. I mean, you've got The Burbs, which is this hilarious comedy with a great cast, a great plot, where basically everything works and all my criticisms were really hard to find they were basically nitpicking things that like I, I i didn't even care about but you know then you've got attack of the killer tomatoes and well it, it's the burbs uh yeah 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 the burbs wins hands down so next week you know i, I think we should take a break from the adult stuff let's let's check out some some child icons like Rainbow Randolph and Smoochie the Rhino, you know, from the 2002 film Death to Smoochie. This sounds charming and heartwarming. So until next time, friends, be brave, be alive, and be back for more. Get on,